Hey, y'all. Welcome to another episode of the Grit Per 60 podcast, Contract Edition. That's right. We're talking TV contracts. We're talking player contracts. Or t- just show us the money. My name is Connor Farrell. You can call me TC. And I am joined from the, or- uh, oh, I almost said the Orlando Gazette, the Ocala Gazette. The, the Orlando Gazette isn't even a thing. Is it not? No, it's a, it's a Sentinel. Anyway, this is Brendan, also known as TCJ. How are you? Pretty good. I already took a fat nap, so riding on that high for a little bit. You really got hit by that uh, daylight savings time switch and just never recovered, huh? <laughs> you just, it's, been, it's the same day. <laughs> Give me at least today to get used to it. It's okay. I'm running an hour behind today, too, so. I felt like I used to went to I guess I went to um, mass on time today, so I was feeling like all right everybody else is going to be on normal time, so I'm a little bit ahead. And then I was like, you know what, nap. See, I'm I'm just all over the place when it comes to church because it's all online and stuff. So mm. look at you having a nice rigid schedule and everything. Mm. Anyway, we're not here to talk about that stuff. We're here to talk about hockey. So the thing I wanted to lead with was the NHL signing a deal with ESPN for partial hockey rights mm-hmm. and everything. Um, so the, the NHL and ESPN signed a seven-year deal uh, that I believe yeah, it kicks off next season. Uh, included will be 25 regular season games on ESPN or ABC um, and then some playoff stuff um, on ABC. And then, quote, more than 1,000 games per season streaming on ESPN+. Plus. That's kind of a lot. <laughs> also, that is a lot of games. opening night games, NHL All-Star games, and the Skills Challenge, and other special events, which I'm assuming is like outdoor games or something. Yeah, outdoor games, stadium games, probably. But yeah, so huh? that's a lot to take in. I didn't know. I didn't know the the part about the uh, special events. That's interesting. Yeah, they really don't leave a lot for NBC to have or whoever. I wonder what this is going to do to the NHL's already sort of rocky relations with the Olympics. Because um, that's all. I mean, that is all NBC. NBC. Yeah, that will be interesting. But like, I don't even know the last time someone other than NBC broadcasted the Olympics. So regardless if it was summer or, or winter. I almost feel like, though, we're the wrong people to talk about the NHL being on ESPN because I barely remember it. <laughs> I remember about yeah. the 2004 Stanley Cup Finals, and that was it, and that was the last year they were on ESPN. So yeah, I have better memories of the NHL being on OLN than on ESPN. What is OLN? It was uh, the precursor to Versus, which is the precursor oh, to really? NBC Sports. Yeah. Well, it I remember Versus. The, I don't remember OLN. It was the Outdoor Life Network, I think is what it was called. Oh, I remember Versus. I don't remember OLN. Well, that's what kind of happens when you're already kind of a niche sport and you take a year off um, with labor disputes and stuff. Generally, yeah. you know, interest is low. And then that's how you end up on the Outdoor Life Channel or the well, Outdoor Life like, Network. This is why they had to play a... a season this year yeah well they needed to play a season this year to that too and for also like that year to kick in on the on the 
TV deal. Mm. I don't know the specifics of how well that works, but I, I believe they pretty much had to. I'm assuming this is more lucrative for the NHL than their current deal with NBC. Oh yeah. Oh oh yeah. It's it's pretty big. So um, I, wonder, I wonder if that changes the situation with the flat cap or at all. Yeah, so I believe if I'm reading this article right, uh, they were previously or they're now getting like four hundred million a year. That's what it's believed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, compared to two hundred million per year under NBC. That's what this awful oh. announcing article I'm looking at says. Oh. So yeah, it's a uh, and then again, that's just partial rights too. Right. So we'll see if NBC goes in on it or Fox or something. I don't know. I don't know. I, I just if that if that you know increases the salary cap, that would be huge for a lot of teams that are in win now mode. I'd imagine teams though it's probably out of the deadline. I imagine it's probably gonna stay flat for a couple more years though, as teams recoup money from you know losing money this year. Ugh. That's boring. I know, but like, I'm just throwing that out there. But, but this contract like doubles it. If I heard you correctly, it's, you said it's going from like 200 million a year to 400 million a year, right? Yeah, but still, that, teams are losing money. So like, much. Teams are reportedly losing like money hand over fist because they don't have fans in there. Well, they do. They have some fans now, but it's not not nearly enough to right make any sort of money on. Yeah, and it's, they're probably still at the point, yeah, where it's more expensive to have you know employees working games than it would be to just have no fans. You know, but I still feel like this is still like large amounts of money, and it's it should be enough money that it doesn't really matter how many fans I mean probably a little bit but like this feels like this is the bulk of the money that the NHL makes yeah I don't this should I if they're gonna stick with the flat cap I call bullshit I mean I'm not saying it's gonna be for all that long but I'm just saying that it's I think it's still gonna be a flat cap for a bit that would be dumb but I know everyone likes to meme about you know, ESPN and their coverage of hockey in the past. Yeah, I don't... But I, don't... I, I think it's a good thing, though, that the NHL is back on ESPN for a lot of reasons. Like, honestly, how many people have NBC Sports? Well, and NBC Sports is really getting phased out. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, NBC, the, the channel's NBC's shutting down. To Peacock. Yeah, I, I can't keep track of all the subscription services anymore. Well, but Peacock is supposed to be free with ads. Unless you're, yeah, I was say, what about what about for like EPL and stuff though? Is it still quote unquote free? Yeah, it's still free. Huh. Yeah, this is not an advertisement for Peacock. Though, if they want to sponsor us at some point, <laughs> if they want to sponsor <laughs> us at some point, I will gladly read off. Um, Watch I, the I am just League saying on Peacock. We've got Manchester City versus Chelsea at twelve thirty Eastern time. I will gladly read that off if they want to pay us. I, I'm not above selling out. Is what I'm saying. 
what we need to do is we need to find who carries um, the championship in America because I think they might actually sponsor us. Whereas NBC would be like, who the heck are you guys? The uh, are you talking about the EFL championship or if the EFL? Cha- well, yeah, you've got the Premier League. Yeah, the uh, that's ESPN Plus. ESPN. Oh, then we're well. This is have, how. It- <laughs> yeah, they have they have partial. Um, they have partial rights, so they they just basically rebroadcast whatever games um, Sky picks. So you get like a couple games a week. This Saturday, check out Barnsley as they take on Carlisle. Uh, Carlisle isn't in the championship this yeah, year, but I Barnsley know. is a team to keep an eye on. <laughs> Dude, Barnsley I, I, and no, Brentford and Watford as the bees take on the Hornets. <laughs> hey, that's a, that's an automatic promotion fight there. <laughs> the bees and the Hornets getting promoted. Anyway, we're not here to talk about soccer. As I told you a few minutes before he went on the air, as you tried to talk to me about Watford, <laughs> we're here to talk about hockey. Do you have anything else on this uh, TV contract? Uh, I, I just feel like it's a really good step forward for the NHL. Like you're not going to end up with playoff games on the golf channel because they can't boot off uh, like reruns of shark tank on CNBC or something stupid, mm. you know? So there are a lot more people that accidentally turn on like ESPN or ESPN two and are like, Hey, what's that thing? As opposed to like you, NBC sports or whatever random channel hockey is on. How many people are going to be like Tony X looking for baseball and bumping into hockey? Yeah. I mean, it just shout out I don't to know. Tony X on Twitter. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm excited that the, ESPN hockey theme is back. I mean, I thought ESPN did a good job when they had the World Cup of Hockey in 2016. Like, I don't remember people really complaining about that. I am going to be furiously checking social media to to, to find all of the different bad hockey takes from ESPN personalities. Did you see the Stephen A. Smith video the other day? I did. That was actually, I liked that video. Um, I thought it was a little bit creepy when he started talking about that guy's kid, but other than that, um, pretty funny video. Yeah, I mean... That's that's the kind of thing I'm looking forward to, at least in the early stages. But I'm waiting for someone to have a hilariously bad take on on hockey. Like, it's going to happen. Someone's going to say something dumb. And all of hockey Twitter is going to be like, you are an idiot. Well, it's going to be really funny because it was only a few months ago that Max Kellerman said, oh, nobody cares about hockey. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, your network is currently in talks with trying to get hockey on this uh this this platform. So yeah. Maybe don't <laughs> maybe don't piss off the NHL like that. Yeah, I'm not really looking forward to the NHL on ESPN first take, but I don't watch first take, so whatever. I mean, but to his to his point, hockey is still a niche sport. Hockey isn't as nationally recognized as basketball or football or baseball, right? There's still plenty of debate when about what you exactly are talking about when you say the four big sports. Yeah. And I get it. I'm just, I don't know. I feel like saying that nobody cares about hockey though is really going a little oh, bit yeah. farther. I mean, you're, I mean, just as far as like you're, you're just angered like half the country. Well, not half the country. So you're not even that big of a sport, but plenty of people who watch ESPN. Yeah. 
but yeah, uh, I don't know who they're going to tab for their hockey coverage. I guess Steve Levy, but it should be interesting. Yeah, should be good. I, I'm looking forward to having new personalities cover like nationally broadcasted games. I think that'll be interesting. Although I, I do, I do love me some Liam McHugh and Patrick Sharp and all them. Well, again, NBC could still end up with games too. So, but there's no Pierre Maguire at ESPN. So I will say, I don't know if I'm the biggest Barry, Mel- Barry Melrose fan. I think he's got good style, but like, is he that good as like an analyst? I mean, I maybe he thought that Steve Samkos say. wasn't ready. So, oh, <laughs> oh rip. maybe yeah. it's just been too long since I've paid attention to Barry Melrose, but that's fair. I kind of forgot about him too. Are you so, ready to move on? Yeah. What do you want to hit next? Well, may I introduce you to the Buffalo Sabres? Oh, boy. Yeah, that is a dumpster fire. Or as my boy Tim Kitzrow would say, a five alarm fire. (laughs) (laughs) They're currently on Tankathon right now. They have the highest odds of winning the number one. Uh, uh, no, Gary Bettman says there's no tanking in the NHL. So, is it tanking though if it's not on purpose? I mean, when you're 26 games in, I don't think it is on purpose. But if you if we watch this team the rest of the way, I, I would find it hard to believe that they're not going to start tanking at some point. I mean. But they've also got guys like Eric Stahl and Taylor Hall who are going to be traded at the at the deadline anyway. Like that's just what a normal rebuilding team does is they get rid of veterans who are on expiring deals. On a scale of one to ten, how much do you believe that Jack Eichel is hurt? I'd say I would say an eight. Like I'm, I'm pretty sure six. he's actually hurt. But I I do get the, the sort of cynicism. I get the feeling that he could play through it if he wanted to. Not that I encourage players to play through injuries if they're hurt, but I don't know. I Are you saying that you're getting Jalen Ramsey flashbacks? <laughs> I am getting Jalen Ramsey vibes from this injury. But yeah, so they currently sit at six, 16 and four. They have lost... 10 games in a row. They are 0 8 and 2 in their last 10. Granted, I mean, like, there are some, like, good teams in their division, but still, like, you would think you would somehow manage to, like, accidentally win a game here or there. And I think the big thing with the Sabres is the, the guys that they brought in to win games, like Eichel and Hall and Skinner. They're just not scoring. Well, yeah, there, there's definitely some dumb like percentage play going on with the Sabres. But, I mean, they, they're still bad. They're underachieving on the stats sheet, but like they're still bad. Like They're shooting 6% at 5 on 5. That's bad. You know, like Guys like Taylor Hall are just having weird down years. And I, I, it's everything in Buffalo seems like it's just unexplainable. 
They have a 47 expected goals, 4% this season, and their Corsi percentage is at 48%. Look at you being the first one to bust out percentages. Hey. I'm proud of you. Thank you. It's the best way that I have to um, conceptualize how bad it is with like a single number. Yeah, so Taylor Hall is a career 10% shooter. Pretty good. Pretty average, really. Any guesses on what he's shooting this year? Wait, what is his average? He's a career 10.1% shooter. Is he shooting at like 8%? Three. Oh. Three percent. Well, and here's here's the other thing for you. They have allowed they have allowed sixty one goals this year. And they were expected to give up forty nine goals. Yeah, their goaltending isn't great. Goaltending is not good. I mean, they're not at the sharks level, I don't think, but it's still not great. There is. I'm gonna look this up for the sharks now. Now that you brought it up, just it's not just to compare. I think just if you to compare the you San Jose at, Sharks, okay. the San Jose Sharks have allowed 59 goals. So two, they've allowed two fewer goals than the Buffalo Sabers, and they were expected, they were expected to give up 46. So, I mean, I didn't do any of the math, but it, that sounds pretty similar. Um, if you, so if you do it by rates instead, uh, the sharks do have fewer, um, expected goals against than the Sabres do. Okay. So that's cool. Yeah. Um, that means you've got some defense, some (laughs) it's gotten better. The beginning of the year was really bad, but the sharks are third and they had the third most goals against per 60 and the sabers are kind of near them at fourth so isn't that fun ain't it fun copyrighted okay um but yeah so what what do you think i guess for for the sabers moving forward what is is the plan just lottery baby well they got to figure out the eichel situation and so Jack Eichel is number two on the trade deadline draft board uh, by the athletic. This is not a sponsorship. If they do want to pay us, that'd be fun. Um, wait, he's not number two. Why does it say number two on the article? You go up to the board and he's not number two, but then you go to the article. And maybe it's just their second talking point. What is, what is he on the board? Uh, 29. It's probably just because they don't expect him to get. I don't think he's going to get traded at the deadline. I think it's going to be an off-season thing because remember, nothing important can happen during the, the regular season. All the big trades happen in the off-season. Yeah, uh, and that's it's also going to be more difficult this year with you know quarantines and everything. So you don't think Eichel gets traded? I don't. I mean, this season, I don't think he gets traded. If I were the Sabers. I would do everything I can to just not trade Jack Eichel. I mean, I, I, that's not like a hot take or anything, but like, I don't see a way you trade Jack Eichel and come out on top unless it's like, oh, the Oilers want to give you McDavid and Dreisaitl for Eichel, you know? Like, you know, I don't see the usual, oh, they want a first round pick and a top prospect and 
a top four defenseman, right? That's like all big NHL trades. I just, I don't see a way that the Sabres come out on top on one of these. Anaheim Duck, Jack Eichel. No, that wouldn't make any sense. The Ducks are bad. LA, LA Kings. I mean, the Kings have the prospects to swing it, but I don't, I don't think that fits in for with what they're doing. I would wonder about a team like the Avalanche. Ooh, do the Avalanche have the assets though? Well, I mean, they got all the young defensemen. I mean, they got Bo and Byram basically for free. Um, you know, so the the Avs have a good prospect pool, and they are competitive enough that they could probably swing it. That that would be super unfair if the Avalanche were able to make a trade for Jack Eichel. I that I mean that I think automatically shoots them up to the the top team uh, to contend with. I mean they they well I guess they do have a first round draft pick if they want to give that up, but they don't have a second or fourth this year. Yeah, I, you know it might be one of those draft day things, but I feel like of all the teams to do it i think colorado could um and maybe a team like carolina could swing for the fences you know they've got plenty of young talent there too so i think those would maybe be the two i would i would look for i would imagine it would have to be a team with a pretty good prospect pool because it's not just going to be like futures and stuff so at the deadline um cap friendly is projecting that the avalanche would have 1.2 million available at the deadline so they'd have to probably give up a roster player uh, to bring in jack eichel well yeah but i mean the, the cap is never really that much of an obstacle teams find a way to work around the cap all the time life finds a way right like no one's going to not trade for eichel because they couldn't clear an extra like one and a half million or whatever What about Taylor Hall? Is Taylor Hall going? Taylor Hall's, I would imagine Taylor Hall's going at the trade deadline. I would imagine. And I'm, I, I personally would imagine it's a similar situation as far as teams that would want to trade for him. Yeah, but I mean, Taylor Hall's going to cost you a lot less. But and then I guess you also have to deal with the whole, hey, do we want to extend this guy? Because it's seems like everyone runs into that obstacle and just passes it on to the next guy, right? Like uh, the devils couldn't keep him long-term. So we'll give him to Arizona who couldn't keep him long-term who, you know, and then he signs with Buffalo for one year. Still I have I think, an idea. I think it's still one of the weirdest deals I've seen in free agency. I have um, an idea. What's, what's going on. What's up with you? Okay. Mr. Draft lottery team. Mr. Draft Lottery Team, you guys should trade for Taylor Hall because his teams always win the lottery. That's interesting, but I don't think... Yeah, it was... I guess technically because we didn't have a contract. I don't know if it counts. Arizona didn't win the lottery last year. Well, they weren't lottery eligible. No, they weren't like lottery <laughs> eligible. <laughs> they, they forfeited that, right? Um... Uh... Yeah, yeah, but they also made it to the second round because they beat Nashville. Oh, that's oh, 
Mm-hmm. Oh, they Nashville. uh they goalied Nashville into the abyss apparently. Hmm. Interesting, you bring up Nashville. What do you think the price is for Matias Ekholm? Yeah, like so that was the weird one. I think it was was it LeBrun that said, "Oh, the I would think that for the Jets, like." a first and Sammy Niku would do it. And I'm like, really? If I'm doing it at that point, Niku's already Sign on the up. plane. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Niku in a first. Cool. A first round pick in the twenties for a really solid defenseman who also has another year left on his deal. Sure. Like I would imagine. And it's, it's a, it's a $3.7 million deal. Like that's pretty team friendly for what yeah. that home gives you. The Jets still don't have any cap space, so they'd have to send. So I would imagine it... like a like a Matthew Perot or something. Oh, okay, that's that, yeah. Sign me up. Perot's actually having a good year this year, but yes. Whatever we can solve it later. But I will say the one weird thing is the way people react to the Jets, like. Might have also been LeBrun too, who was like, "Oh man, the Jets would be scary with that call." And it's like, yeah, but like also, they're not like. I don't want to use the phrase "not that good" because they're in second place and they're effectively hellbucking teams for the second year in a row. <laughs> Let's go! And I'm sitting here being like, "This isn't you- sustainable," right? <laughs> As they well. continue to like goalie other teams. At the Islanders, um, yeah, future future Team USA goaltender Connor Hellebuck. Yeah, I... when when Team USA beats Team Canada in the Olympics, it's because they're going to Hellebuck them to death. Dude, I still I, I might have said this the last time we recorded, but I still can't believe like the conversations that Hellebuck and John Gibson must have with <laughs> each other when they meet at Team USA camps. And they just like watch the defense play in front of them. Like, wait, this is what defense is like. (laughs) I'm not facing shots directly from point blank range every five seconds. Incredible. This is, you can do this. Yeah. I just, it's, I mean, it's objectively funny when it happens to Toronto. Right. And the Jets (laughs) just goalie the, the Maple Leafs like that, like they did this week. But at some point, it's like there, there's got to be more than just, oh, add a defenseman and we'll be fine, right? Yeah. What I'm basically saying is that Connor Hellebuck is preventing the Jets from firing Paul Maurice and all that, but whatever. I mean, you could say that for any team. I fine. mean... Show me a good coach and I will show you a good goalie. <laughs> It's just, it's tough. Except in Pittsburgh, where I think the opposite is true. Yeah. I think they legitimately have a good coach and no goalie. Well, I mean, when you win two Stanley Cups in back-to-back years, I'd imagine you have to be at least like a decent coach. Oh, and guess, guess what? Guess what they did? They traded their goalie, and then what happened? Well, technically they traded. Right. Well, no, no, they lost, they no lost both Stanley goalies Cups. from their from their so. Stanley Cup teams. Yeah, it's oh, a little right. weird that they've only won one playoff game since getting eliminated and in 2018. Weird or bad decision making? Hey, that's that's a you thing. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. <laughs> I hey, look, I can't 
say anything about the Penguins playoff success. Um, yeah. Uh, before we, uh, do you have anything else on the Jets? Oh, I also want to point out again that Nick Ellers is just the best player on the Jets. Like, oh yeah, I love that guy. Retweet. <laughs> um, before you get move too far away from Matias at home, one of the rumors that I have heard was that the Flyers and Predators were in preliminary discussions about Matias Ekholm and the deal um, would revolve around Ekholm, Arvidsson, and Gosses Bear. That's a lot of moving pieces. It is a lot of moving pieces. Um, so I'm trying to figure out, all right, if they're sending both Ekholm and Arvidsson, so that's a cap, cap hit of a about seven million. Gossas Bear is at four million. They would need to find another roster player that's three million, and I can't think of who that would be off the top of my head to make this work. Um, and probably, probably a draft pick and a prospect or so. I'm just, I don't know what's on, what's going on with the Flyers this year. I don't oh, really. Do I. I don't Listen, really. Get I watch them. the team and, and I don't know what's happening. But the only thing I can imagine is going on with them is that they have early stage uh, Alain Vigneauism and they mm. just progressively get more boring after a good first year. Mm. Well, the th- what's really going on is the Flyers like to make the playoffs one year and then miss it the next year and then just alternate. Um, and so we made the playoffs last year. So this is our year to miss the playoffs. That's fair. Uh, so I don't yeah, I I am concerned, um, and I don't necessarily know that bringing in Ekholm is going to solve all the problems, particularly since Gosses Bear is the defenseman that's playing the best right now. Um, at least from my observation and watching the game, he seems to have the most positive impact, um, or at least the most positive two-way impact right now. Um, but it's... So I don't know if, if trading away him at this stage is going to necessarily bring stability to that defense. Um, but that seems to be the biggest hole is they cannot defend in front of their own net, which I guess Gonsas Bear doesn't help, but at least he can provide positive um, impact elsewhere. Whereas, uh, and I don't necessarily know that bringing in Matthias Hacom solves that problem because you still have five other defensemen that can't defend in front of the net. Like this isn't a individual player issue this is a team defense issue yeah you were talking about uh flyers defense with the most impact and i immediately thought of justin braun who's just like nothing exciting is ever allowed to happen at either end of the ice like his career impacts on hockey viz are hilarious just justin braun had a rough start to the season and he's been better recently it's just like anytime uh, anything remotely happens, Justin Braun is like, no, that's not allowed to happen. You're not supposed to get the puck anywhere near the net. I don't care if you're on my team. <laughs> At either end of the ice. It's, uh, yeah. Well, yeah, there are a lot of things wrong with the Flyers right now. And the other thing with trading for Ekholm is the Flyers seem pretty set on protecting Provorov, Sanheim, and Myers. So if they were going to protect someone like Ekholm or Gonsisbear, uh, they would have to go with the four forwards and four defensemen route, which I don't know if that's necessarily the best plan. So to give up assets for 
at Coleman and then lose him at in expansion seems bad. Whereas you already have Gosses Bear and you're going to lose him. But yeah, it's going to be interesting to see teams navigate the trade deadline this year. Uh, you know, a team like Winnipeg, I mean, we were just talking about them. We would assume that they protect seven forwards and three defensemen. Well, if they go out and grab Ekholm, right, you would go, I would assume, Morrissey, Ekholm, and Pionk, because Pionk's actually having mm. a breakout year. But that leaves DeMello open. DeMello. And uh, if you want to do that. I, I personally would protect DeMello, but... And then I guess you could work out a deal with Seattle to take, like, Adam Lowry or something. Mm-hmm. But there are obstacles that teams are going to have to navigate this year because of Seattle. Yeah. And here's the other thing. If they keep the draft day where it is, um, how much is a draft pick worth when so many different junior leagues aren't playing or have a restricted schedule? Yeah, it's going to be really weird because the OHL hasn't even started yet. And they don't, as far as I know, there's yeah. not even like a, hey, we're going to drop a puck on this date here. Right. The draft is going to be a mess this year. Yeah. It really, between that and the fact that there's not really like an established like number one this year, it's going to be a weird year for the draft. No, I, I agree, which is why I'm saying if this player costs draft picks, why not give it up and get the player to, you know. That's a good point. It's uh, I feel like a lot of teams are coming to the realization, like a lot of the the bad teams this year, and there are a lot of bad teams this year. Yes, are just coming to the realization of like, shit, it might be better to tank next year because this is a mess. <laughs> well, but like, how many how many years can you be bad? I don't know. Ask Buffalo. <laughs> right, like. As a guy who watches the Sharks a lot, I'm like, man, this team sucks. And they play a team like Anaheim. I'm like, that team really sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I watching this game? It's it's tomorrow here. Yeah, and then I look at the the Tankathon standings, and I'm like, Anaheim is fifth. <laughs> there are three worst teams plus Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's I. I don't know how I don't know how you tank this year because Buffalo, Ottawa, and Detroit and like Anaheim just have called dibs on like the bottom four and they got Seattle chilling at third. <laughs> and then you're stuck there just like our team is bad and I want to get better, but I what am I supposed to do with this? Dude, we play a million games against the Ducks and the Kings. It's it's infuriating. <laughs> Yeah, it's, but it's also cool because it's like, oh, well, well, I guess I got to watch the Anaheim games because they'll actually win those. But yeah, I'm looking forward to the days when they play Colorado and uh, Minnesota again, because Minnesota's good, apparently. (laughs) They got rid of Paul Fenton immediately, like that, that, uh, that Kirill Kaprizov is, is unbelievable. Pretty good stuff. Did you have anything else you want to talk about? Um, ooh, I had an idea. Okay. 
this was something I was thinking about earlier. Going back to, all right. So going back to that article from the Athletic about possible trade pieces. Both Elvis Merzlikens and Eunice Corposalo, also not an advertisement for the Athletic. Um, both Elvis Merzlikens and Eunice Corposalo are both pending UFAs for the Blue Jackets. So, assuming they end up picking one. Let's, let's say, for example, the Blue Jackets pick um, Corpusalo, right? And they say, you know what? We're going to trade Elvis Merzlikens. Okay. Would the Penguins be interested in Elvis Merzlikens? Yeah. It's just a team that I thought of off the top of my head that would be like, Penguins should go get Elvis I mean, Merzlikens. it depends on where the Penguins are at, though. Right now, they're in a playoff spot. Yeah, but like, I feel like the message from the organization has, has been lately that they're not really super excited about going all in again. You know, mm-hmm. it's just been kind of a weird in, in Yenzer land, I feel, with the Penguins. Because they're like kind of good, but like kind of not. They got some bad goaltending. It's a weird year. Okay, uh, but are you are you really confident in going into another playoff run with Casey DeSmith? No, but or Tristan Jari. I'm not really sure if it's worth it to them to give up more assets for for that sort of thing. It is Ron Hextall calling the shots. He's going to he's going to prioritize draft picks. Well, unless unless he's got a different plan with a different team. Well, they also already don't have a one, a three, or a four, or a six this year. Oh. So, oh. <laughs> yeah, it's a slight problem. But they got three sevens, so they'll be hey, okay. You know, you know what we were just talking about? You don't need high draft picks in this one. This is, I mean, it's a lottery. Any, I mean, the draft itself is a lottery anyway. Just Yeah, just give yourself more tickets. tickets. Yeah. It'll all work out. Particularly so, in the year when they're the juniors like basically don't exist. Ideally you would have more tickets in like the fourth or the fifth or the sixth and the seventh. Ah. Small details. Alrighty, is that gonna do it for you? That'll do it for me. Alrighty, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Grit per sixty pod. You can follow me on Twitter at bferrell seven two seven. You can follow TC on Twitter at TC underscore 904. Uh, Thank you for listening and have a good one.